This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Mayor Eric Adams, among others, has been accused of sexually assaulting someone. By the way, let me read you this tweet that uh, Mayor Adams put out back when Twitter was still called Twitter. When the state legislature passed the Adult Survivors Act in May of 2022, this is what he said. New York City stands behind anyone who comes forward to share their story. Public safety and justice must go hand in hand. That's what he tweeted when the state legislature passed this opportunity to look back at crimes that occurred 30 years ago. I wonder now that he's being accused under this Adult Survivors Act, if he would rephrase that tweet. But now as this look-back window was closing for civil sexual misconduct claims, a woman has accused Eric Adams of sexually assaulting her in 1993. So he is absolutely not standing behind her. (laughs) This is what he told Al Sharpton on MSNBC on Sunday. Uh, I, I, I don't know that. And I want to be clear, the, the law that was passed that allowed uh, a look back period of any form of action like this, uh, I support the law. I think it should be used and not abused. Uh, I have uh, no idea, uh, you know, why this was brought forth. I don't recall ever meeting this person uh, over 30 years ago. Uh, this was uh, stated, uh, took place. Uh, and, you know, people like you who know me, I have always fought on behalf of not not only women uh, specifically, but in general, uplifting people and protecting people. I protected people for 22 years as a police officer, and I know what it is uh, to make sure that people should always receive the protection that, that they deserve. And we don't know the full scope of what this allegation is, uh, but it's going to follow. It's the process, and I'm going to continue to do what I have to do to make sure the city navigates out of some challenging time. I think that's a very comprehensive answer. Basically, he says, uh, I support the law. I think it should be used and not abused. I have no idea why this was brought forth. I don't recall ever meeting this person. I mean, that's pretty unequivocal there, right? Other powerful figures faced uh, Adult Survivors Act lawsuits. Obviously, the uh, suit that was brought against Donald Trump by E. Jean Carroll was, I think, the first use of the law. But now former Governor Andrew Cuomo is being sued by Brittany Camisso who had a criminal case dropped by Albany County prosecutors. You had, um, you know, New York, you know, had a bunch of other high-profile people as well. But none really had the potential political punch of this Adams case, which the mayor said was absolutely not true in multiple media appearances and interviews over the last few days. 
And there's a lot that we don't know. But the plaintiff has a history of filing frequent lawsuits and numerous appeals at many levels and appeals appears to have lost most of her high-profile cases. After she fell down trying to sit in a wheelchair in an airport, she sued American Airlines for negligence and lost. The opposing lawyers argued that she couldn't prove she was injured from the fall because she'd previously been injured in two car crashes and an attack at work and that she didn't share that information with them in discovery. She also sued the Miami-Dade County Public School District in a workers' comp case after being hit by two students Uh, In an online fundraising campaign, she claims that her skin stung for more than six months after being slapped by a six-year-old kindergarten student. She said she was also body shamed by a middle school student. But I want to be clear. One, just because she has sued a lot of people and just because she's lost most of her lawsuits, that doesn't mean that what she's saying didn't happen. I have no idea if what she's saying happened. Neither does anybody else. I think this is one of the things that uh, made me so leery of this Adult Survivors Act when it was passed. I think it's almost, not almost, I think it is impossible to go back 30 years and determine whether or not a sexual assault took place. I think unless it's recorded on video or there are multiple witnesses, I think it's impossible. We will never know the truth of what happened here, I don't think. Here's what my question for you is. When this case is described in the press, it usually reads something like this. When it's describing the plaintiff, it says the plaintiff whose name is being withheld by whatever media outlet is publishing the story. And then it describes the information of the plaintiff. Almost, not almost. Every media outlet that I have read covering this story has withheld the name of the plaintiff. This is not unusual in sexual assault cases, both criminal and civil. My question for you is, should we be holding this person's name back? Eric Adams and Andrew Cuomo and Donald Trump and Jason Miller, and Stephen Richmond, and a lot of other people who have been on the receiving end of lawsuits for sexual misconduct, their name is plastered all over the press. Why should the person accusing them not also have their name published? Now, I made the decision not to give this woman's name because... um, one that's kind of become the standard practice, but also I don't want to create a situation where women or people, men included, where people are afraid to come forward in accordance with the law, which is what this woman did. They passed this law in Albany. She came forward under this new law and said, I was sexually assaulted 30 years ago. I don't want to create a a situation where people don't want to come forward and uh, say what happened to them. And they're afraid that they'll be blackballed or attacked if their name is out there. But I will say this. I don't think it's right that only the person being accused gets their name publicly dragged through the mud. 
I'll tell you what I think is much fairer. Um, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I think if we're going to create a situation where we withhold the accuser's name, I think maybe we also withhold the defendant's name until this is proven somehow. I realize that's impractical. uh, These are public documents. Anybody can look at anybody that files anything and see the bold-faced name Cuomo, Adams, Trump that's uh, on the receiving end of that lawsuit. But we're seeing media outlets use their discretion to refrain from naming this woman. My question for you is, why shouldn't they use that same discretion and avoid naming the defendant until it's proven? Why should anybody that hasn't been convicted of something be branded in any sector as a sexual assaulter? What do you think? 800-848-9222. Are the media outlets doing the right thing by not naming this woman? And should they extend that same benefit of anonymity to the defendants? I think they should. 800-848-9222. I absolutely understand the other side of this. The other side may be, uh, you know, this is someone that's uh, running for mayor or this might be someone that's running for president. The public has a right to know that they're being accused of sexual assault. Well, then how do I know the accuser isn't running for something? You only get to make that judgment if we know their name. I don't like that uh, someone's reputation gets pilloried just based on an accusation. What do you think? 800-848-9222. Should the accuser be named? Should the defendant be named? A question. Since before your sun burned hot in space and before your race was born, I have awaited a question. 800-848-9222. Let me begin with Charlie in Hell's Kitchen. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Frank. And I just thank you for taking my call. And I just wanted to say uh, I believe Eric Adams in the scene. I don't believe his accuser. I know what I want to say is there are, pl- like I told your call screener, there are plenty of legitimate reasons that a New Yorker should loathe and despise Eric Adams, chief among them being his handling of the migrant slash illegal alien issue, uh, his corruption with regard to the nation of Turkey, which I think he does appear to be guilty of. But, uh, I, I don't think he's guilty of this uh, the personal, you know, sexual harassment because it's not the type of thing that he's uh, known to have done before. He doesn't have the reputation for, for doing this. He's not a Bill Clinton. He doesn't have a reputation as being a skirt chaser. And, and like I said, the other things that, that he has done wrong, the, this illegal alien situation, he can say it's not his fault, but he welcomed them. He bragged that New York City was a sanctuary city. He shook their hands and gave them uh, presents when they got off the bus. And he criticized the, the Texas Charlie, governor. But it, stick with the media yeah. role in this here. Do you think the media should disclose the accuser's name? Well, if they're going to disclose Eric Adams, if they're going to disclose the, the defendant's name, then they they should. Then they should either keep both of their names secret, the defendant, 
the accused and the accuser keep both of their names secret or reveal both of their names, but don't don't treat the the accuser and the accused differently is what I'm saying, because that creates an imbalance and that imbalance on the seesaw, so to speak, really creates right. an injustice. I mean, that, that's exactly where I am on this, Charlie. Thank you. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Christopher is in the Queens. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Frank. You know, I believe that the accused always has the right to face their accuser, always, no matter what, even in the media. And in regards to the uh, gentleman that you had on earlier, in regards to the book about getting along in America, that both Which book sides was that? Are so, the gentleman that you just had on discussing the book that he wrote or the column that he wrote about people getting no, along was, in no America. Book. That was, it was just, uh, no oh, it book. It wasn't. Okay, I'm sorry, because I caught it at the end. But in regards to the last question you answered about, are we ever going to reach a point where we all can get along together? Both sides are so inflammatory in their rhetoric, especially in the media. But I believe that it's more on the left that's inflammatory. Now, I just want to give you two quick examples. When Pence went to see Hamilton and the way he was treated, and when Sarah Huckabee walked into a restaurant and the way she was treated, can you name me any conservative people that own establishments that treat left people that way? That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, Thank you th- thanks, the- Christopher. I-, I actually do. I can name you instances. I-, I went to, during the COVID lockdowns, several bars and restaurants. In fact, uh, there are still some menus from restaurants and bars that I've been to that say if you um, we- uh, you know support the masking policy or you voted for this person or that person, don't come in here. We don't want your business. So, I mean, I think everyone thinks their their side is better than the other side, right? I mean, that's just kind of the nature. Of, that's why you're on your side, right? 800-848-9222. Larry is in Brooklyn. Hello, Larry. Hello, Frank. Frank, listen, I could be wrong, but I think the reason the media doesn't disclose the name of the, of the victim is because she's allowed to sue under an anonymous Jane Doe, whereas in a criminal case you have to be, you have a right to be confronted by your accusers. So in a criminal case, the name no, gets she's out. she's not suing under Jane Doe. You can go online and look at the court filing and see her name right now. Oh well, if you could do that, then oh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying the issue is solely with the media, right? We, we, the the press has determined they're not going to reveal her name. No, I think that that's very wrong, and they've been the press has been doing stuff like that with uh, assailants also. Like they'll they'll just like like if the assailant is uh, I don't even even if he's not underage, they won't give his name out. For some well, that, that's that's rare. Usually, I see it with children that they won't uh, give the name out. I remember during the uh, Kobe Bryant rape allegation, Tom Likas did not believe the woman that was accusing Kobe Bryant of rape, and that was a criminal case. So Tom Likas named her, says uh, the rape, the woman that's claiming she was raped is such and such, and I don't believe her because of X. Uh, some people did the same thing with the accusations involving the Duke lacrosse team as well. 800-848-9222. Joe is in the Queens. Hi, Joe. Yeah, two points, Frank. One is, think of someone in 1970 saying uh, somebody assaulted them in 1940. 
You know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's yeah. that's exactly the practical reason that I thought that this law was ill-considered. Now, another point is, uh, you know, this. what's the context? Did he work with this woman? Did he... Uh, I, I mean, this this is. Well, like, I don't want to. I don't want to relitigate the whole case, but they were. Um, they did work uh, in the uh, transit police at the same time. That's okay. that, you know, th- that did happen. But so I, again, I, I am not supposed to contact. Yeah, but I, I'm not throwing any shade on her allegation. She might be the most truthful person in the world. Everything she says here might be true. I have no idea. I think it's impossible to know. My. The, the issue that I'm raising is anonymity for some people in a civil case versus anonymity for other people. I think it should be one standard for everybody, personally. 800-848-9222. Corey in Brooklyn, what do you think? Hey, Frank, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'm just putting put, – put yourself in this scenario. Um, you just said work and – you get accused of something, and now your name's blasted all over the news, but they won't name the accuser. So now everybody, maybe your boss even fires you, whatever. You're just accused. You're not guilty. So I I think that out of the press, they should withhold, withhold both. But if it's public knowledge, then I think that they should withhold both. But that's my opinion. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there, Corey. 800-848-9222. David is in the Boogie Down Bronx. What do you think, David? Yes, good morning. Okay. Now, we both know why they have these practices, because rape has always been a, a different stigma attached to it for the victim or what we would call the accuser. That has not changed. Women come forward today, and this happened recently, you come forward, you make an accusation, people start digging up your sex life, they're attacking your credibility. This will be adjudicated in the civil court where the standard of evidence is not the same as a criminal case. Her name is actually out there because you know it. I haven't looked it up, but it can be found. So if you're really interested in finding out who this is, you have the ability to do so because you cannot file lawsuits anonymously in New York to the best of my knowledge. It's right. unfortunate. Yeah, no, I obviously need a law like yeah, but the problem is, Frank, you know, we're both old enough to remember in the nineties and the eighties, I think, that people used to make accusations or have things happen to them and they were just dismissed out of hand. They didn't have the ability to get the justice that they needed at the time. And those laws were put in because of the Catholic Church abuses and other things that happened. There has to be a way for women to come forward and, and get justice slash compensation. Now, should the name of this person be withheld from the public in general? I don't think so. I think if you make an accusation in, in a situation like this where it's a civil case, I think the press should be able to publish your oh. name because you're putting yourself out there. Believe it or not, I'm actually reasonable on occasion. I, but, I, I like you know. that, David. I, I you you surprise me because usually on uh, a lot of these issues of uh, you know sexual misconduct and things like that, we often end up at, in different places. But uh, I think I think that's a very reasonable position, I, and I, I'm I'm gonna it makes me rethink my own position if we're agreeing this quickly. Well, all, I'll just finish with this. You know. And I don't know if you were listening to talk radio back in the early, early 90s, but 
the Central Park jogger case, this is what this reminded me of, because there was a cadre of really hostile, nasty people, most of whom who were black, who kept trying to get the name of the victim out there. And I thought that was terrible because that was a criminal case. That should never happen. But if you're going to go and file a civil right. case 30 years after the fact, you shouldn't be hiding behind uh, press secrecy. Completely so, agree. Uh, completely agree. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. I'd love to hear from someone that disagrees. If you disagree, and I'm, you know, you know me, I don't shout anybody down. I don't yell at anybody. I don't heckle anybody. If you disagree and you think that this woman's name should not be mentioned in the press, but and not just this woman, but anybody in any sexual misconduct case, but you think that the person that she's accusing whether it's Eric Adams, Donald Trump, Andrew Cuomo. The Cuomo case is a bit different because we've always known the accuser's name in that case. But um, in those cases, the person being accused should be named. I'd love to hear why. I'd love to hear why. Otherwise, let's have the press adopt one standard of naming people or not naming people. There's no reason... And it has no, no – I didn't vote for Eric Adams or Andrew Cuomo. It has nothing to do with whether these are people that I like or whether there's people that I don't like. These are people, right? And there's no reason any person should have their family members Google their name before they've been convicted of anything or found liable in a civil case and see the words sexual assault when they Google their their uh, father's name or a brother's name, uncle's name, just shouldn't happen. And I think it's ridiculous, this double standard that the media has adopted. No, 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 accuse anybody you want, and we will not name you. But if you're accused, oh, you better believe it. We're putting you on the front page. It's madness. What sense does this make? 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. When you need an antidote to madness and you need someone to make sense, who do you turn to? We turn to E. Frank. E. Frank, what do you think? Yeah, Frank, I just want to say, uh, when uh, you stated that he made an outrageous phone call to a woman who was considered a member, the daughter of a uh, uh, Dapper Don, Mafia Don, uh, I I couldn't protect my my privacy. I had to admit that uh, I actually did that, and the reason why to you personally over the radio, and I didn't have Curtis Lee defending me. Uh, I couldn't uh, tell Curtis Lee with that. Uh, you know, he was shot on uh, June nineteenth, nineteen ninety two, and that this woman was not a good person. I had to take it like a man over the radio and accept that you said that that you discovered that I made a, a right. An, well, a, first of all, E. Frank. Uh, again, um, uh, thank you, E. Frank. I mean, I'm not going to relitigate your personal issues. It's like part of me wants to explain what he's trying to uh, uh, go on about, but it requires – it's such a lengthy story and not at all interesting to anybody that's not named E. Frank that I, I just – I don't even want to put in the effort. I don't even want to I don't even want to get go there. Uh, someone just messaged me that – The idea is, meaning behind the media shielding the accuser, is that it's hard enough for a woman to speak about assault and harassment. You don't want to shame the accuser and damn her. No, I I said that. 
I said I recognize that uh, you want to – that's why I'm not naming her. Because you don't want to create a situation where someone's afraid to come forward if something happened to them. But all I'm saying is if this is the standard, let's extend it to the people being accused as well. For civil cases especially. 800-848-9222. Gail's in Connecticut. Hi, Gail. Hi, how are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. Good. I just have a question about the media and the accusers and the accused. Mm-hmm. Tell me. I'm sure you can do this. If the accuser is not named and the accused is not named either, how is the announcement going to read? And well, what interest will there be in reading something that's totally anonymous? So maybe uh, maybe there's not. I think it would depend on that circumstance. In the case of this case, I think it might be, um, you know, uh, a tr- former transit police official accuses mm-hmm. of a former co-worker of sexual assault in 1993. But maybe it's not meant uh, for to be poured over by New York City tabloids. Maybe it should be, and maybe if there wasn't this level of media coverage, the jury in this case, if it ever goes to a jury, or the, a judge in this case, would actually make decisions based on solely the evidence rather than public pressure that's brought to bear because it's a high-profile defendant. That's true, but there would be no such explosive interest in reading those little blurbs or even an article in the paper if, you know, the name is makes the situation salacious if it's someone who's known. Well, and you know what? And I'm glad you mentioned that because you're exactly right. And that kind of reconvinces me that this is what we should be doing. It's certainly possible for someone that's in the public eye that may have uh, some sort of a political aspiration, Adams, uh, Trump, someone like Brett Kavanaugh. It's certainly someone, especially in the case of Trump and Kavanaugh, there are people who think those folks are dangers to the republic, that the policies that they would implement would be so destructive that you have to do anything it takes to stop them. It's not inconceivable that someone, and I'm not saying E. Jean Carroll did this, nor nor any of the uh, Kavanaugh accusers, Christine Blasey Ford or anybody else, But it's not inconceivable to think that someone who disagrees with these people politically might say, I know if I accuse them of sexual misconduct, that even if it was 25, 30 years ago, that might damage their prospects to become president or to be mayor or to be on the Supreme Court. And that might even lead them to file a suit just because they know that person's name is going to be mentioned. I agree with you. I, I think that that's a dangerous weapon for people to have, for anonymous people especially, to have. Um, and even if the person that's being accused has no political, um, I don't know what the word I'm searching for is, if they have no political reason for wanting to hide, even if they're just an ordinary person, mm-hmm. you still can damage their lives that way because there are people in their own little community. Who might look askance at them and they may be innocent. 
Exactly right, Gail. Gail, thank you. I appreciate the call very much. If you want to continue to comment, you can. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Otherwise, we're going to go through your written correspondence. If you want to email me, you're welcome to do so at uh, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. That's frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. The mail, straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Bumper music selection from Larry Maglio. Known Larry a long time. Uh, I knew his wife, Rita. Uh, she unfortunately passed away several years ago. She was uh, incredibly supportive of me uh, when I was doing a public access television program. And uh, Larry's son, Greg, actually volunteered on that program from time to time. And when uh, I reached out to Larry to wish him a happy birthday, I learned that he recently became a grandfather. For the first time, uh, Gregory and Elena have had a child. Now, uh, I would say I hope your birthday wishes come true, but it certainly seems like they already have. So happy birthday, Larry Maglio, a great guy that I still run into from time to time. All right. Um, a lot of people have written a lot of things. Some of it is even complimentary. Uh, let's see what is in the mailbag. This is addressed to my wife, care of me. Well, I I am going to intercept this because I can't imagine this is going to be something that she necessarily wants to read. And, of course, it's anonymous. Hi, honey. Uh, Rachel, where are your priorities? You came home from your trip. Your husband and son are safe and healthy. And Bathsheba and Prissy, question mark? What if, God forbid, things were different? Would it matter what the house looked like then? I don't even know what this is a reference to. I'm sure in some way this is making light of uh, two of our cats dying, uh, but uh, I don't know what that's about, and I'm not going to deliver that to my wife. All right. Um, 
This is from Edward. I don't know if he wants his last name, but I'll, I'll omit his last name. Hello, Mr. Morano. During one of your recent shows, you said that John Wayne, James Cagney, and Humphrey Bogart are on your list of favorite movie stars. I'm hoping that Frank Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe might also be among your favorites. I'd like to call your attention to my book, Frank and Marilyn. Uh, this gentleman's written to me before. I will reach out to this fella, and uh, maybe if the book is interesting, maybe we'll have him on to talk about uh, Frank Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe. All right, SMS text message, which you can do at 8168-MORANO. This gentleman writes, bro, I love when they begin bro, bro, not for nothing, but you sound so freaking gay when you say Connecticut and France. Seriously! Exclamation point. So be it. Uh, Another gentleman writes, (laughs) I'm almost tempted to zell you the $21. Almost. Well, anonymous gentleman, I am almost grateful. Thank you. Uh, The user Irish Today writes of our show, Big time snore. I'd rather hear about Billy Carter than Jimmy Carter. Well, so be it. Different strokes for different folks. And, um... Yosef Adler writes, Frank, your guest, Trita Parsi, is an absolute fool. The fact that Israel listened to people like him in the past and exchanged terrorist murderers for innocent hostages is the reason October 7th happened in the first place. Terrorists who released in the Galad Shalit deal were involved in the massacre rather than in prison where they belong or six feet under where they truly belong. It showed Hamas that their tactics work, and this latest deal is only reinforcing that. I hope you have Alan Dershowitz on the program to respond to Trita's stupidity. We are having Alan on. He actually reached out to me recently about this uh, new book that he published with Skyhorse, and he wants to come on and talk about it. So I told him, obviously, we'd be happy to have him. Tom writes of uh, today's program, Hi, Frank. Your talk with David McCullough III about the AE project was interesting, sounding as effective as the foreign exchange programs colleges have internationally, albeit for a shorter period. Thought you might find this new article relevant in some aspects with the current crisis of growing disunity and need for greater dialogue between sides on issues. Also has a link to one written by Arthur Brooks in 2020 as well. Personally, I remain skeptical that there can be honest discussion with those who favor an agenda and its narratives over arriving at what's truth. But, of course, allowing for an open forum of various views is always better than the alternative state, much like I fear we're more and more having to endure today. Thank you, Tom. I will check out that article. Uh, Evelyn writes, Need Dr. Morano's advice. Last Wednesday, this is someone that works at a school. My school had a a Thanksgiving prayer service followed by a feast. All students, teachers, and staff attended. I was left out. I did make a significant contribution to the feast. Had asked to attend prayer service, but was told someone had to stay behind to answer the phones. With that answer, I went no further. How would you feel if it were you who asked? Being the emotional type, I'm afraid I'm going to tear up when teachers, parents, or students ask me why I wasn't there. Any advice? Well, I wrote to um, Evelyn... And I hope she doesn't mind me repeating this. But I really think that um, I have been in this position before. And I think everybody's been in this position where there's something that you really care about that you've been excluded from unfairly or without reason. And if you're concerned, and I've been in this position too, believe it or not, 
where that you can't discuss the situation with the people that made the decision without getting overly emotional. I am a big advocate of uh, journaling. And I've become more of an advocate of journaling. And, and it's interesting because, and not to make this about me, but I have less time than I've ever had right now. And yet I am making this more of a priority because as you're dealing with tough times, it helps, I, I think, to vent a little bit, even if it's just on paper. And it also helps to have a record of how you were feeling at certain times. And there's something about writing that I find really helps you work through a tough emotional state. I um, I recommended this book by Colin Campbell that we that we spoke to on the air recently, who lost his two children in that uh, drunk driving accident, and he talks about all the different things that you can journal to help deal with your uh, grieving process. And over the Thanksgiving holiday, I ran into someone I know who lost his wife recently, and I could tell he's having a very difficult time with this. And he he got so emotional. He was just trying to tell me that his wife loved my show and just really liked me. Couldn't even finish the sentence. Started crying. And I gave him this book, and he told me he's already been journaling and how he's found that helpful in terms of being uh, dealing with emotionals, uh, emotional issues. So... It doesn't solve your issue, and I recognize that you're likely to be upset about it, but my advice is uh, channel that into into doing some writing, even if you're the only person that sees it. All right, uh, this person writes on the subject of leftovers. Good morning, Frank. Culturally, we eat together, sometimes using the same utensils. We eat leftovers from relatives, friends, and anyone using our homes. We have no problems eating leftovers, as sometimes that's the only meal available. We do not waste food. It's a lot of families who depend on leftovers from others. Great show, as always. Loyal fans. Paul writes on the subject, smoke and cigars and cars. Hi, Frank. I heard you talking about the pleasure of smoking a cigar while enjoying a cup of coffee, like a Marlboro and a cold beer. I didn't say that. It's him saying it. Almost impossible to describe the taste and feeling. For me, it's best described in the song by One Republic, Counting Stars. One line of lyrics says, everything that kills me makes me feel alive. I wish that American cars from the 50s era coincided with Carmine's age. He may eventually transport himself with an EV hovercraft. Early American cars were the inspirations for countless songs. Thank you, Paul. All right. um, Felix writes, and I'm going to omit some of the names here, about the Facebook forum. It should be about the show, not about members. Dear Frank, and he mentioned certain people. Certain, this person and others think the show Facebook forum is their own personal Facebook page and bemoan over and over again the situation involving another Facebook member. One post is sufficient and bullying others that criticize otherwise should not be accepted. The show should not take a backseat to others. I moderate two Facebook groups, one about the John F. Kennedy assassination. They have their own personal Facebook pages for contact and socializing. And then he adds, I enjoyed the JFK roundtable very much. And some other details about that. A couple of quick things here. Uh, look, if there are people that get mentioned on the show, like uh, Ellen Metzger, certainly people that have been the listener of the week, I don't have an issue with people mentioning uh, what they're going through. People are interested. David, for instance, when he was having some health issues, people were interested. 
I do think a lot of the posts that are duplicated could be one post. And, and I think that just that applies to multiple topics. The, uh, you know, I've noticed it with the Israel situation a lot. A lot of times you can just add to an existing threat. You don't have to start a whole new threat. But I try not to over-police because people um, people want – I like to allow people to be free whenever, whenever practical. Denise writes, fun, fun, and fun. Hi, Frank. I do tune in, but often tune right out. Tonight, I have to chastise you for putting children's fun at the Thanksgiving Day Parade ahead of the slaughter of people. Children like your Carmine in Gaza. Violence junkie Netanyahu does not intend for there to be peace. Protests are vital anywhere and anytime. You'd benefit from seeing a less corporate managed perspective by watching Democracy Now! as media is not covering the reality we live in. More Israeli citizens are at risk of arrest and losing their job if they speak against the war. Check out Democracy Now!'s interview with Mayer Baruchin. Please also watch interviews with Josh Paul. You're entitled to your own take on this slaughter, but you might see another viewpoint. Be well, be daring. Denise, first of all, Denise, I am seeing multiple viewpoints. I've interviewed people that have multiple viewpoints. I don't know of another radio show in America that has hosted both Jeffrey Lickman and Debbie Schlussel and uh, Trita Parsi. Um, I think you're way off, honestly. The fact that, uh, you know, those people that were protesting at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, gluing themselves in the street and ruining a family occasion, or at least disrupting a family occasion for children... They all they've done is hurt their cause. I think protests are great. I think civil disobedience is fine. I think to disrupt a fun parade, it only causes people that didn't have an opinion about it to be against whatever cause you're for. Um, Barb writes, I know Carmine will have a super second birthday. Love seeing his pics. Always puts a smile on my face. Uh, You and Rachel are two very lucky parents, just as Carmine is a very lucky son. Happy second birthday, Carmine. That is awfully nice. Svetlana writes, uh, gratitude to you on Thanksgiving and every other day. Frank, my respect and gratitude to you for all your night and morning and partly daytime devoted to on-air broadcasting with your prior preparations and impromptu performance. It means a lot to me. Sincerely, Svetlana. That's awfully nice. Thank you, Svetlana. I appreciate that. Very, uh, very much. Um, see, I'll do one more here. Um, let's see, I'll get, get a good one here. Oh, this is a good one. This is a person um, that wrote to my colleague in New York, Sid Rosenberg. Um, this is a person that has followed my career for, a de- as, as such as it is, for a decade and tried to get me fired with every job I've ever had. He writes, Sid, with anti-Semitism soaring, you should have Frank Morano on your show to discuss his admiration for notorious anti-Semite and Israel hater Patrick Buchanan. Frank admires Buchanan so much that he has appeared on his show multiple times, dating back to his days at another radio station. Buchanan defended, a, and then he goes into a litany of Buchanan complaints. This person is obsessed with Pat Buchanan and with me. And God bless him that he keeps listening. This is one of the few people that has made comments that have been so vile, I had to uh, suspend them from the Facebook group. I mean, really a sick, twisted individual. This is the last one I'll read. 
Subject, Oakland Raiders moving to Las Vegas. Um, this person writes, Frank, firstly, I do enjoy your consistently outstanding programs, but I must give you low marks for your commentary Friday morning uh, about what will happen to Oakland football. You initially cited an article in the New York Times and its author. I listened intently as I had read that piece. Then, for the next seven or so minutes, you parroted the entire article. Listeners would have trouble distinguishing your opinions and comments from details and points presented by the Times writer himself. You could have interjected words like, the Times writer continues to write that, etc., etc., etc. Try to be more careful in this regard. Carry on, superstar Peter in Denville, New Jersey. I, first of all, I appreciate the fact that this gentleman listens, but I really feel like this email is totally unfair. One, I was, it was about the Oakland Athletics moving to Las Vegas, not the Raiders. So I wonder how closely you either read the article or listened to me. Second, I could understand what you're saying if I didn't mention the Times article. But the first thing I did was mention the headline, the newspaper, and the reporter. I mean, I don't know that you could give more attribution. What am I supposed to do? Every single point that I mentioned is from the article say, oh, the Times writer writes, the Times writer writes. The whole show is about me reading what's in the news, telling you the facts in all these news stories, and giving you my comments as I read the story. I mean, that's almost every segment of the show. I could understand you being perturbed if there wasn't proper attribution. I gave the Times writer credit. I I really don't understand your beef at all, honestly. And you know what? This was on Friday morning after Thanksgiving uh, when, you know how much sleep I'd gotten before doing that show for the preceding 24 hours? Zero. How about you cut me a little slack? That's right, thanks. Thanks for being on the show. smart. All right. If we didn't get to your letter today, hopefully we will on the next edition of. Another letter from our listeners. The other side of midnight. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the half happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the half happiest season of all. Parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and carrying See, now I'm okay out in the snow. As long as it's post-Thanksgiving, I'm all about it. Let's enjoy it. But uh, this was a birthday bumper music selection from Melissa Kowalski, who is celebrating her birthday today. 
Happy birthday, Melissa. And if anybody knows Melissa Kowalski, wish her a happy birthday today. All right, 800-848-9222. If you want to comment on uh, anything we're talking about, 800-848-9222. I, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but a year or so ago, I did a commentary. I read an article, and I gave attribution to whomever wrote the article. And I talked about the potential benefits of ordering a pizza uncut and then slicing it yourself. Well, last weekend, I did that. My friend Vinny was over. My uh, His daughter was over. My wife was obviously there. And we ordered a pizza pie, two pizza pies, and I ordered it uncut. And I then cut it with the slicer. They didn't like it at all. Maybe I didn't do the best job cutting. Maybe I could use a new pizza slicer. But um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. But my wife did a whole big thing about how this is terrible. My friend Vinny's daughter, Lena, compared this to hell, what it must be like to eat pizza in hell, which I thought was a little extreme. But I uh, I would like to do this again. I'm curious if anyone has been doing this, ordering the pizza uncut and then cutting it yourself. I find it stays hotter. I find you can make the slices to your own specifications. Again, this was my first time in a while doing this. Maybe I'm at fault here for not cutting it hard enough, not kind of delving down there and cutting it. I am an amateur. I'm not a professional pizzaiolo. But I'd like to try it again. But at this point, you know, I don't think my wife is going to trust me to order. What planet again. are you on? We'll see. I liked it, though. I think it worked out well. 800-848-9222. Next hour, we'll talk about uh, Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. Until next hour, in the words of the great Bob Barker, help control the pet population, get your dog or cat spayed or neutered. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 